0: on today's episode of locked on mariners who would be seattle's new division rivals of major league baseball expanded and realigned and what are the biggest storylines we're tracking in spring training we'll answer that and more here on mailbag monday colby hit it you are locked on mariners your daily seattle mariners podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day it is Monday, February 13th, 2023. This is Tiny Gonzalez and Colby Patnote for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. Pitchers and catchers have officially reported we're back to five shows a week, and we're going to kick things off with Mailbag Monday the show where we answer your Mariners questions but before we get into those questions Colby I believe you have something to announce is that correct Sure we're doing a giveaway
1: to celebrate the fact that we're back to 5 shows a week despite there not being any meaningful baseball games for at least another month but yay That's fun so yeah I'm going to give away a card here uh the way to enter is pretty simple Uh, All you need to do is you need to subscribe to the channel, um, uh, the YouTube channel, uh, and uh, you need to leave a comment down below of any of the videos this week, Monday through Thursday. Um, I will pick a random video and then I will have a uh, there's an there's a there's a tool I can use to pick a random comment from that video. So just make sure you're subscribed and that you leave a comment down below of any of the videos this week. We'll pick the winner um, a week from today, let's say, next Monday. We'll we'll pick the winner. Um, I'm going to give you guys, because we had some issues with this last time, I'll give you guys uh, two days Mm. to to claim your prize, and then um, if not, we'll just pick somebody else. So, uh, yeah, you have a week. You have the next five days uh, to enter. Again, just make sure you're subscribed and leave a comment down below, and you'll be entered to win one of these cards. Um, and I say one of these cards because we don't know which one it is because Ty is going to try and break my, my heart. Uh, I have eight cards here that I am mm-hmm. willing to give away. Ty is going to pick a number between one through eight, and that will be the card that we give away can, this week. Can, so,
0: Can you show which ones it could be real no. quick? No. Because right. I've already secret. had them shuffled. All right, we're keeping it all.
1: <clears throat> I'll, I'll say this. Uh, some some cards include a Cal Raleigh, mm. uh, Jared Kelnick, uh, mm. Mike Cameron, Mm-hmm. uh i think you guys have seen all these cards before um there's a colton wong card in here mm. um yeah and a handful of others so ty since we don't have all day please pick a number one through eight
0: all right i i thought we were doing this uh, like once we were ready to pick the winner but all right let's let's go for it let's now do it Let, now um let's go with with four for jose lopez
1: all right, so Ty passed up the Colton Wong card. Oh. My Cameron. Ah. Uh. The Jared Kelnick and you son of a gun. Oh. The fourth card in the stack is my beloved Walter Ford. Oh, Off-track. the Vanilla Missile. Let's go, baby. The vanilla Missile. Let's so go. Make sure you guys subscribe. Leave a comment down below. Uh, I don't really care what the comment is. Um if you think you're going to call me names and win this card you're sadly mistaken so Mm. you know Mm. maybe some flattery will get you somewhere but
0: it really some some flattery speaking of the comments I saw some of you were complaining about Colby's mic being too loud on the last few episodes. That's mostly because a certain someone may have spilled a liquid onto his uh, other laptop that he typically records on and broke it. Uh, So he's on this other uh, laptop, which blows out his mic quite a bit. I've been trying to turn it down here on Restream. uh, So hopefully it's not too bad uh, for you guys, but uh, I believe you've ordered another laptop and that's coming within a couple days, right?
1: Uh.
0: Hopefully by Friday show, maybe Thursday. We'll see. Yeah, so hoping that the audio is fixed. It sounds fine on my end, and we've tested it a little bit here, and it seems fine, but uh, if it's still a little bit of an issue and not super balanced out, it's just I kind of have to live produce this thing, and if I have to go in and edit the whole thing, it's going to take an extra hour or so for you guys to get this episode in your hands so um, yeah just trying to do this kind of on the spot Uh, also real quick before we get into our uh, questions finally I just want to give a quick shout out to Dan Morse who has been hired by the Seattle Mariners as the uh, as a baseball analytics intern this is really cool because Dan is a big part of Seattle sports Twitter Uh, he's of course the creator of the wooded dong bot which shows you uh, if a batted ball would have been a home run and which uh, stadiums it would have been a home run in um very popular bot that uh, unfortunately can now not be uh, used on twitter because of uh certain someone that runs twitter now and has just completely derailed that whole thing that's a whole nother conversation uh and uh, he's also or he was at least the uh, editor-in-chief over at uh, davey jones locker room which is the sb nation uh, blog for the kraken so you guys probably know who uh, Dan is, even if you don't know exactly who Dan is. But this is a really cool uh, opportunity for Dan. So congratulations to Dan. Uh, really cool to see. All right, let's get into these questions finally. Starting with Max. Um, this was kind of a big topic on, on Twitter last week. Uh, Jim Bowden did a mock realignment of uh, Major League Baseball if they expanded to th- uh, to 32 teams. Um, and so Max wants to to dive into that a little bit deeper here with us. Uh, he uh, starts here by asking, uh, well, I think there were some issues with Jim Bowden's geographic realignment. I like the idea of changing the divisions a little. If you guys were in charge with Nashville and Vegas as expansion teams, what would be your divisions or at least who's in seattle's division so this one's interesting because like all right so i assume that it would be four divisions per league like how the nfl Mm -hmm. operates with 32 teams um so with that i mean there's two teams that stand out automatically to join seattle in what i would assume would be a pacific or a northwestern division essentially um that would be the a's and the giants but after that it gets a little bit difficult here because you know you look at the two L.A. teams—that's kind of where I start here—is the two L.A. teams, or well, the Anaheim and, and L.A. teams, um, and but with with one of those, it's like you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, because it's like if I pick the Angels, well, why not the Dodgers? And if I pick the Dodgers, well, why not the Angels? And so on and so forth. And then there's teams like the Rockies and and Padres, et cetera. But I think I I would go Angels here for their other um division rival, essentially, and whatever division that is, and then the southwestern division i guess would be la uh san diego colorado vegas or arizona uh, probably would have to be arizona but yeah How, what do you think
1: i think for me it's seattle i don't want to break up the dodgers and 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 the and the giants um i know that they mm. would still play each other Um, quite a bit, but I, I just, I like those two being in the same division. So I think for me, I would actually do Seattle, Oakland, and then probably Colorado and Vegas, and then kind of leave Mm -hmm. the California teams in their own division. So San Francisco, LA, the angels and, and the Padres, I I think is kind of how I would, um, work that. And then, you know, Arizona, Houston, Texas, uh, they're kind of the, the South teams, Nashville, I guess, maybe. Uh, in there, but I I think it's interesting because obviously if you're Seattle, priority would be let's cut down on the travel a little bit here. Yeah. So instead of having to go to Texas, what uh, twelve times a year now with the new realignment, mm-hmm. um now the farthest we go in division is is Vegas or Colorado. um I think that's probably the right way to go.
0: Yeah, well, I guess and so in this instance, Vegas would be an expansion team. It wouldn't be Oakland, right? Um, in in the, the in the hypothetical proposed, yeah, in the, yeah. In, the in the hypothetical proposed. Uh, I don't think those two things would coexist, though, in no. in, in the real world. Uh, so, yeah, and and also the other conversation that has to be had here is, do the American League and, and National League still exist, or is it more of like a Western Conference, Eastern Conference? It's probably more thing? Western Conference, Eastern Conference. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then geography plays a really key role uh, in that. And so, yeah, uh, like let's just let's go from a more realistic standpoint then. Uh, With this and go, you know, Oakland moves to Vegas. You add two teams. I don't know. Where where do you want to add the two teams? Nashville and Montreal? Sure. It's kind of a bummer that they're both on the east
1: side, but what are you going to do? There's not a ton of west side uh, locations. That make sense. If we're taking Oakland to Vegas, which I don't think they should, but
0: I think it's hmm. likely going to happen. So Seattle, Anaheim. Eras or uh, Vegas, Colorado.
1: I at that point, I think I'd probably still have to do San Fran. I'd have to do San Francisco then, mm. uh, because I think Seattle and the Bay Area are kind of natural geographic rivals. So yeah. I want that to be part of the division. um So I, I still think that Seattle and the Bay Area are going to be in the same division. It's just a yeah. matter of which Bay Area team and if Oakland's not really an option, then it'd probably have to be San Francisco.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think San Francisco has to be included there. But then again, the the problem that you mentioned there is that you essentially lose the Giants Dodgers rivalry. Yeah, they're still gonna see each other like three times a year, but that's not enough for those fan bases right. and just for the baseball world world in general. And honestly major league baseball, right? That's less marketing and, you know, all that right. stuff. So
1: on the plus side though, they would get more Yankees Mets. They mm-hmm. would get the same number of, I would assume the same number of Yankees Red Sox. Um they'd get more White Sox Cubs. So Right. You know, because obviously those teams are going to be in the same division. Like the Northeast Division is is probably what Red Sox Yankees Mets Phillies. Mm-hmm. Probably something like that. And then you have like the Metro division, which will be Baltimore, Nashville, Washington, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Atlanta Oh, Pittsburgh's in the center or in the oh, yeah. Northeast. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, Oh, Montreal. I forgot about Mon- Montreal, Montreal would be in the Northeast. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is weird cause they'd be in the Northeast, but then the, I guess the blue Jays would probably be in the North and that would be like Minnesota, Cleveland, right. Detroit, right. In yeah. Toronto, something like yeah. that. I
0: mean, Montreal's more eastern, so that makes sense.
1: Yeah, you know, but, yeah, yeah. It it's unless unless baseball want to do like the Southwest Division is like Vegas, Colorado, Arizona, San Diego. Yeah. Um, I guess that would make some sense in the or Southwest Texas, Division.
0: I don't know. Yeah, but
1: then yeah, it's Texas, Houston, kind of in the getting left out so i think for me seattle one of the bay area teams mm-hmm. and if you know there's only san francisco left and it's just san francisco yeah. seattle the bay area team uh colorado and vegas i think is probably yeah. the way I, would, I think i would align it
0: yeah at the end of the day i don't think there's going to be a perfect answer whenever they do expand and ultimately yeah. realign. like just some teams are going to seem out of place uh in, in i their mean, respective like, divisions
1: the Indianapolis Colts play in the AFC South. Yeah. Indianapolis. Like, yeah. sometimes it's just a name.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And even in the NBA, there's a couple teams where it's like, they should be in the Eastern Conference, not the Aren't Western the, Conference.
1: Are the Thunder still in the Pacific Conference or whatever? The Northwest. They're in the Northwest.
0: Yeah. They're in the Northwestern Division. So the divisions in the NBA don't even matter at this point. Like, it's just. Right. Well.
1: <laughs> they, they matter less or they're, they're mattering less in Major League Baseball than they have in the past. Yeah. If there's only four teams in each division yeah. and you're playing everybody regardless. So, yeah, mm. well, whatever. Yeah.
0: And then you just have two wild card teams, which is yeah. you're looking at essentially the old NFL format of uh, you know three or so years ago. All right. We got uh, plenty more questions to come in just a moment we're going to be talking uh, a bit about this uh, current mariners team talking about some spring training stuff all that in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of locked on mariners is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe secure and super easy to use and then you can bet on everything including the Nets as two and a half point underdogs against the Knicks tonight. Plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba and you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you so much for making us your first listen let's get back into these questions here on mailbag monday Ham Swaggerty 69 on Twitter asks, besides spots one and five in the rotation, how would you guys personally set it up? I would think Kirby Ray Gilbert. Uh, from a handedness standpoint, and we know that Scott Service is going to favor handedness some, uh, somewhat, uh, at least uh, Robbie Ray probably is the number three in this rotation, even though that he should be the number four. Is I would personally set it up as Castillo, Kirby, Gilbert, Ray, Marco or Flexin. Uh, but I think what it's going to end up being at least I I would hope uh, just kind of staying in the you know and in, in, in the world of realism here a little bit Castillo, Kirby, Ray, Gilbert, Marco, or Flexen. but maybe Gilbert goes number two and Kirby's number four, which I think would be a a massive mistake. Um, but yeah. I don't care. Mm. I All just, right. I don't, I, I, I
1: really don't Castillo's one, Marco's five, put the other three in whatever order you want. I wouldn't be shocked if Ray was the two just because he's the vet. Um And that that's kind of how they like to do things sometimes. So um, you know what? I hope it's Ray too, just because it'll tick off a lot of you guys. Castillo starts game one, Robbie Ray starts game two. You know what? Put Kirby in the five spot. I don't, I don't care. I don't, don't put Kirby in the five spot though. That would be dumb, but I really don't care about what the rotation is. I like, as long as there's five good pitchers in it and there's certainly four, I'll say that. So that's, that's pretty good. And then we'll see what happens with the fifth spot. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all if it was Ray uh, and, and the two, I think I would order it. Um, I think I would probably order it. Castillo, Kirby, Ray Gilbert, just because again, service likes to break up the lefties traditionally. So uh, but we'll see I, I could easily see it going uh, Castillo Ray Gilbert Kirby Marco that wouldn't shock me at all
0: next question comes from Daisy and the dingo is there a conceivable world where Bryce Miller and Emerson Hancock have good seasons this year and the Mariners float Logan Gilbert in trade talks after this coming season for a big bat why is it automatically Gilbert why wouldn't it be Bryce Miller or Emerson Hancock the, that said though I don't think that unless injuries just pile up, knock on wood here, that at least one of those guys is going to get enough of an opportunity to have what I would assume you would classify as a good season. Um, I think Bryce Miller is going to have ample opportunity at some point, just even if he if all that happens is that he just replaces Marco or, or Flexen in the rotation um, and no other injuries occur. Hancock, though, like Hancock's got to prove that he can get value out of his fastball and he's got to prove that, you know, his secondaries are, are working properly and like he can get guys out and he can miss bats efficiently. Like he's, he get he has quite a ways to go before he even factors into the conversation of being involved in the rotation because right now Taylor Dollard's likely ahead of him. Whoever loses that number five spot is, is ahead of him as long as they stay within the organization and you know, hell if, if they don't think that he's ready at a point, maybe they go Tommy Malone for a spot start someone like that you know so brian Wu or brian Wu, um, yeah maybe brian Wu yeah. is that is ahead of emerson hancock at this brian, point in their maybe eyes they, they try perlando barroa i
1: i don't know so um right. <clears throat> the answer to the question is no because you still need gilbert in addition to those guys popping because you're not replacing gilbert in the rotation you're replacing marco so if miller pops and hancock pop then your rotation is marco's out and then probably hancock is the odd man out but Hancock has six years of club control still at this point, and he's going to be making the league minimum essentially for three years. That's an incredibly lucrative trade ship, and you can get a lot more for him than you can Marco, mm. uh, who would at that point would only have one year left on his deal. You could just kind of eat that money if you have to. So, no, mm. I, I would be shocked if the Mariners traded Logan Gilbert before 2026, you know, whenever his – Maybe when he has two years left to club control, they would consider it. But no, right now he's pre-arb, he's, he's cooking, um, and he, they haven't even hit his ceiling yet. So, like, if, if Gilbert goes out and he puts up the kind of numbers he did this last year in 2023, you're probably not selling as high as you possibly can on Gilbert either because there's still more in the tank for Logan Gilbert. So, no, I, I would be shocked if they traded um, Gilbert or Kirby um, really before they hit free agency. I'd be pretty surprised. Regardless of what happens
0: behind, below them in the minors, Wifsky asks, uh, going a little deeper this time. How should the Seattle Mariners aim uh, to improve from an operational strategy and coaching perspective this year? Um, I would like to see more aggressiveness, urgency, and, and, and essentially everything that they do. Uh, that can be a a lot of different stuff. Um, some examples would be aggressiveness on the base pass they have guys that are better equipped to do that than they did last year not I don't think that they're going to steal a lot of bags still but they got they got more athletic this offseason and they got guys that can that are notorious for running the bases pretty well uh so it's stuff like you know instead of just cruising into second maybe you know push it for that uh for that extra base and, and get to third you know stuff like that um maybe even some more aggressiveness earlier on in counts uh aggressiveness in terms of the bullpen management You know, uh, especially having a you know a a quick hook on guys earlier on in the season. Uh, But the biggest one for me when I say aggressiveness and urgency is really, you know, if if Jared Kelnick's struggling and he's not hitting, and there really aren't any signs that uh, suggest a a, a turnaround is imminent, you don't wait. You don't wait it out for a month and a half. You 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 yank him after a couple weeks, and that's just what it is. And then you go on to the next guy. You put in your next plan. Next
1: guy's kind of hard to find in May, though. Um,
0: you know, because, well, like, again, next guy's like Trammell or Marlowe. Nah. Well, that's the thing, right? And then you just you just see if you have something there in Trammell. And if you don't have something in Trammell, then you go to Marlowe. And then if you don't have something in Marlowe, then you got to figure something else yeah. out. It's,
1: it's kind of tough, though, because you don't want to pull the trigger too fast on that sure. because the the ideal situation in that case is that one of those guys you have is the guy. Because then you don't have to go out and get that guy, right? Um, so that's absolutely ideal. So you want to give them enough time to prove that it's not them, mm-hmm. essentially. And and I don't know what that time is. It a three weeks? Is it a month? But yeah, uh, obviously that's 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 a big one um, that we're probably going to talk about until one of them actually hits. So that's probably going to mm-hmm. be a huge topic of conversation all year for us. Um, I really I, I can't say anything about the coaching and and the deployment uh, of like bullpen arms because. I don't have all the information they have. They know, right? You know, they have more. They have more data than we do. They also have, you know, better ideas of guys' health and who needs a day off and who really yeah. should be pitching today and blah blah blah. Uh, the one thing I would say operationally in terms of like baseball ops, I would like to see Jerry and and Justin not ignore rentals uh, at all costs mm,
0: because very very good one, yeah,
1: yeah. When we get into july jerry has shown zero interest in trading anybody that we would describe as like a real prospect for three months of a guy which i get i really do but sometimes you have to pull the trigger on that because it makes you a better team and it helps you advance further in the playoffs uh now this is not a great example but like brandon drury right this last year by all accounts, the Mariners were not interested in Drury, and maybe they just don't like the player. And considering they weren't in on him in free agency at all, that seems likely. They just didn't like the player, no, which I've, is fine. I've
0: heard, a, I've been told a couple things that yeah, they yeah. did not like him.
1: Right. So, and that's fine. Like, obviously, you trust them on that end, but mm. you shouldn't just say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna trade, you know, um, Perlander Baroa for Ian Happ okay. at the deadline, right? For two months of Ian Happ because we mm. think Baroa can help us for six years. No. You pull the trigger on that because Ian Happ could help you win a World Series this year. Right. So I think I, I like I said I'm willing to give Jerry some benefit of the doubt over particularly the last two years because it's a little too early to be going the rental route. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Mm. Not this year. This year it's time to go. So if you get to July and there's a rental out there that really helps and it's gonna it's gonna cost you like a top 15, top 20 prospect to, for a couple months of that guy, I hope they pull the trigger on. It. If it makes if they feel that guy helps them advance in the playoffs, they should pull the trigger on that. And so far they haven't done that. So Mm -hmm. I I really hope that's not the case this year.
0: Well, and that kind of goes hand in hand with being more aggressive as a whole, as just like your philosophy, right? Because now it's go time. You've made the playoffs. You've ended Mm -hmm. the drought. Now it's about, I want to win a division. I want to go win the World Series. How do I make that happen? It's about, you know, putting more emphasis on, on, you know, each individual game, especially division games, because division games are even more important now that you have fewer of them um and again like you said from a from an acquisition standpoint it's about being more aggressive with your assets so yeah yeah just overall just i, I want to see more urgency out of this team i want to i want to see that uh you know that they're kind of on the cusp of this thing and there's only a couple of things that they really need to do here to to get where they want to go and right. uh you know so yeah
1: I, I would just say real to be fair to them mm. they they did win a literal sweepstakes for the best pitcher on the market last just less than a year ago. Yeah. They went out and they paid the freight for for Luis Castillo and they beat everybody. Right. And they were very aggressive in their offer. So it's not like they they won't do it. It's just that mm. I would like to see them do it more is essentially what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. But even with someone like Castillo, right? That's a year and a half of club control. Yeah, Obviously exactly. you didn't know at the yeah. time if if you know you were going to extend him or not. So yeah, mm-hmm. you're essentially trading for just the year and a half of club <laughs> control. But that's different than like you said, three months of Brandon Drury. Or whatever yeah so um but yeah i would i would I, I think that it's absolutely crucial that they're open to the those possibilities and those possibilities are going to be you know right on their doorstep in uh, in july as long as they're in a position to to add at the deadline which they you know should be again knock on wood all right we got a few more questions to go over here in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories and you got to try a Built Bar we just got through the holidays and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year and if you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste the man I've got just the thing for you you got to try Built with Built healthy is actually tasty seriously they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you which is perfect for your New Year's resolution what makes Built Bar so good well for starters they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. All right, back into these final few questions we have here on Mailbag Monday. Daisy and the Dingo is back with another one. This time uh, asking, do you think the the Mariners and Teoscar Hernandez are still working on an extension or are they prepping to go to arbitration hearings? It's been very quiet on that front as of late. So yeah, uh, Teoscar, I believe, is the only Mariner left and uh, that's arbitration eligible who's not agreed to a uh, settlement uh, yet. I would think... I mean, you know, we do see these instances, uh, especially with with guys that just got acquired uh, over the course of the offseason where the arbitration here, uh, you know, the arbitration stuff kind of lingers on into spring training. Um, but I would think or at least hope or maybe I'm coping here that uh, the reason for the delay on this is because they are trying to essentially buy out that arbitration year and add a couple years on, onto that V extension at least. Um, but uh yeah, it's a it's an interesting situation that, you know, we got to keep an eye on here because, look, if there are some issues here, you know, you just brought this guy in. Uh, if you have to go to an arbitration hearing, that's, I'm not saying that that damns your relationship with the player, but it's not a great start to your relationship with the player. Uh, so, yeah, so best case scenario here would be that they are working on an extension, and that's why they haven't agreed uh, on the arbitration yet. Um, and they were just trying to buy out that, that year, but, uh, anything else, uh, you want to add on this Colby?
1: No. Um, you know, once the arbitration hearing is, is scheduled, you know, you get the answer in a couple days after, but, uh, we don't know if it's been scheduled. We don't know, you know, and, and it, it probably got scheduled the day that they couldn't come to terms. So I think you just kind of in a waiting game here. I really don't foresee an extension before we get an ARB hearing. So um no I think they're just kind of waiting for the process to play itself out um I I'm not saying there's a zero percent chance they extend tail I would just be really surprised if they did it before opening day
0: next question here comes from Teddy uh will the Mariners be putting their core in games early in spring training to get them reps before the world baseball classic or will they hold them out a bit more for stamina with the WBC I think it's the former um that they're going to try to get them more reps here because I mean, you know, those guys are going to go into the World Baseball Classic essentially being expected to play, you know, at least 90, like 90% speed, if not full on speed, because these are games with stakes and these guys, you know, yep. they this is, uh, this is something that they really want to play for here. So, yeah, uh, I think, you know, just to put them physically in the best position possible, you know, it's a really difficult situation because these guys—none of these guys—are ramped up, and then they have, and then they're expected to play at that kind of level. You know, a couple weeks into spring training, uh, it's ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I think you just try to get these guys reps and get them as in as best shape, best baseball shape as as possible before they uh, they head off.
1: Yeah, you're kind of in a tough spot though because if you push them early in spring training you know, you might have some, some hamstring issues you might have. And then you kind of anger the player because now, well now they're like, if Julio pulls a hammy or hurts his wrist Mm -hmm. or something in spring training, he is not playing for the Dominican. Like that's not happening. He's done. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you, you kind of have to really be careful with the position players, the pitchers that the Mariners are sending, they're all relievers. They're only going to pitch an inning at a time, give or take. So Mm -hmm. I'm really not worried about them um, all that much. I, I, Maybe they get one, one or fewer inning at the start of spring training than they normally would. But particular guys like Festa and and Brash, there's a high chance that they only pitch an inning, inning for their country uh, yeah. in the World Baseball Classic. Maybe two, uh, maybe you know, maybe Brash or or, or can, uh, Canada or, or Italy advances, but that would be somewhat of a surprise. Um, so yeah, I'm really not worried about the pitchers. It's Julio and it's Teo that I'm most worried about. How do you kind of manage them? Um, I Think with Teo, it's probably business as usual. He's a vet. He kind of understands how this thing is done. Um, Julio's a great worker, but you know, it's it's his first spring training where he knows he's on the team. You know, it's just a little bit different and he's got to kind of figure out a routine that works for him. Um, so yeah, it's it's a little tough. You're in a kind of a tough spot. I think it's mostly business as usual, but I think if you're going to err on the side of anything, um, for your position players, it's probably we, you guys kind of have to hit the ground running here, right? Like you have to, yeah. you have to be mid spring training shape by the time you get to spring training, um, just because that's just the reality of the situation. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a really good question. Um, somebody should ask Jerry about that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, we, we've we seen Teoscar and Julio working together. Uh, so maybe that's, mm-hmm. you know, some of that is just the process of trying to get uh, ahead of the game here. Um, but yeah, you know, it's such a difficult situation, especially if you're a team uh, that's trying to make this uh this work throughout this whole thing. It's just such an awkward, awkward, awkward time to have this thing. I, yeah. I just, you know, there really isn't a perfect time to have a, a tournament like this really in baseball because the off seasons no. are, you know you know, or during the winter months and all this stuff. So it's really, you know, yeah, it's just, I think it's a, it's annoying from being just a fan, you know, just being a fan of the team. Mm-hmm. And like, you got like some of your star players are, are heading over into that thing. It's right. annoying. It's scary. Right. And yeah. for, oh, for yeah. Mariners fans in particular too, we're scarred from the whole soggy arm, drew smiley situation. So it's just, well, yeah, yeah that, and if,
1: like, if Julio gets hurt in this thing, you're screwed. Yeah. Like, like game set. Like if he, if he, God forbid, pulls a hammy or tears a hammy and he's out like eight weeks, like Taylor Trammell or something like that, you're screwed. Like your season might be over uh, yeah. before it even starts. So yeah, it's, it's terrifying. So, you know, I, I hope Julio has a good tournament, but I, I would be very happy if somehow the Dominican went zero and two and they were done. Like, yeah, no offense to Julio and Te- Teo, And, and, you know, I'm happy they're playing for their country, but
0: I I'd rather you play for the Mariners. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last question of the day comes from Jason uh the biggest question you hope will be answered during spring training trick question
1: no questions will be answered during spring training because it's spring training literally nothing will get answered
0: eh. I nothing
1: mean, if jared the- kelnick goes out there and hits 800 are you, all, all, I don't, are you just all of a sudden filled with, oh, he's an all-star now? No, I don't care what no. Jerry
0: Kellnick does in terms of the numbers, but I do care if Jared Kelnick comes in the spring and is looking a little bit more trim and has made some mechanical uh, tweaks uh, that seems to lead to a more fluid swing. That is something that I'm keeping an eye on. That's a, that's a question that I'm hoping to uh, to see answered, yes. Swing
1: analyzer Ty in Gonzalez here. That's He's right. going to notice all the little differences. That's right. Differences. I am. I am. <clears throat> the only objective I
0: have for spring training. I just, let, let me, let me revise that. I am hoping that he comes in there with some mechanical changes that someone else who's way smarter than I will identify <laughs> and then tweet about on Twitter.
1: Like you're just hoping to see that Joe Doyle tweet. Like, Oh, look at what Kelnick did here. He's yeah the bat staying in the zone longer. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be like, yeah, I yeah, totally yeah. saw that. Yep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joe and I were like this.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) the only
1: thing i care about in spring training is that everybody is healthy as healthy as possible going into the regular season statistically nothing is going to happen uh that changes my mind uh honestly i'm hoping that dylan moore and and sam haggerty get in some games because it sounds like their availability for opening day is uh at least questionable at this Mm -hmm. point so uh yeah for me it's just about health um obviously you would prefer a guy like kellen to go out there and hit like 375 and, and hit like six home runs in spring that'd be great but ultimately that really doesn't matter so it's kind of a trick question i don't think there's going to be any questions that are answered um maybe some fun ones like hey evan white does look healthy you know maybe something like that but sure in terms of just you know is there anything that's going to happen on the field that's going to make me change my roster projections or anything like that yeah. probably not
0: there isn't a julio situation this year no like like, like- like last year, there was actually like some questions that were answered in the spring, like, oh, wow, Julio can actually play center field. And wow, right. Julio is forcing the Mariners' hand right now. <laughs> that doesn't exist. Cause yeah. like it's Bryce Miller's not going to do that. Right. Cade Marlowe's probably not going to do that. Like, no. Yeah.
1: Maybe Taylor no. Chamel. <laughs> Maybe, but it's not really a swing thing with Chamel. So, hmm. yeah. I don't know. We'll see. You know, I say that now, but then like on March, like. Tw- like 19th or something I'm going to come on the on the show and be like boy I tell you it's going to be awfully hard for the Mariners not to put Cade Marlowe on the team based on what he's doing out there so yeah I say that now but we'll see what happens you know yeah. in a couple of weeks
0: yeah we're still in that stage where we're very ignorant of uh, what's to come potentially So, I,
1: I think it's more like we haven't like been excited by like watching baseball just any baseball in general and so we're like yeah oh yeah nothing can happen but then we see yeah. Bryce Miller go out there and go like four innings against the Dodgers like a a lineup and and mm-hmm. go four scoreless. We're like,
0: mm, yeah. Mm. The, Did the you brain, see him strike out Mookie bats? Yeah, the brain hasn't <laughs> been simulated. the The dopamine it's right. uh, it's not here just yet. But then you know Bryce Miller goes out there, strikes out twelve in a row. Against the Dodgers yeah. and it's like yeah I, no this guy yeah. actually should start on Opening Day yeah. yeah so we'll see he actually is Spencer Shredder all right <laughs> that's gonna do it for our show thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast for Colby Patnode I'm Titan Gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at lo underscore Mariners you can follow me at Dane Gonzalez the C A N E G N Z L Z and Colby at C Pat eleven that's C P A T one one you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode and thank you again for making us your first listen now make your second listen Locked MLB prospects host Lindsey Crosby as a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.